Today, dear brothers and sisters, we celebrate the Divine Liturgy on the third Sunday of the Blessed Coptic Month of Paope. And our Gospel reading came from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 12, verses 22 through 28, which spoke to us about uh, the healing of a demon-possessed man. A certain man was brought to our Lord Jesus Christ. He was demon-possessed, blind, and mute. In other words, he could not see, he could not speak, and he could not even think clearly because he was possessed by a demon. And sadly, two of his senses that are needed for him to have faith, two of them were closed off. He couldn't see and he could not speak. And our compassionate Savior on seeing the condition of this man had mercy and healed him and restored him to wholeness by casting out all of the sickness and all of the evil spirits from him. How interesting it is, dear brothers and sisters, that our mother, the Holy Church, nourishes us with a passage today that deals with demons and evil spirits around this time, a day before many people in our society perhaps celebrate and welcome such things. And for this reason, I propose we meditate on the casting out of demons this morning in only three points. First, let us speak a little bit about the existence of demons. We Orthodox Christians know that in this life there is more to the world than the things that we can see. The world is not simply made up of the things that we can see with our eyes or the things that we can measure scientifically. In fact, a great part of God's creation is not seen by men and women. And this belief is part of the faith, part of the dogma of our Orthodox Church. In the Nicene Creed, which we recite in every communal and individual prayer, we proclaim the following, I believe in one God, creator of heaven and earth, and all things seen and unseen. Seen and unseen. And similarly, in the anaphora of the divine liturgy of St. Basil, we speak about how God created the visible and invisible through Christ. In both of these statements, we express our faith in God who made the things that we cannot see in addition to the things that we can see. And among the things that we cannot see with our eyes is the kingdom of heaven. We cannot see our souls, although we know that every human being has a soul in addition to a body. We cannot see the ranks of the angels and the heavenly powers. And with respect to these angels, we know that God created them for his service and ministry. God gave the angels free will, just as he gave humans free will. And before the creation of our visible world, up to one-third of these angels rebelled against God under the leadership of Lucifer, who was an angel of light, who was one of the cherubim. Lucifer exercised his free will. He exalted himself above God. 
and ultimately he turned his back on God, and he therefore became the adversary of God and man, which is why he is called Satan. Satan is a Hebrew word that simply means adversary. All of those angels who followed Lucifer became the demons. And we know from the writings of the Church Fathers that before the creation of our visible world, we know that Lucifer, Satan, and his demons were overcome by the holy archangel Michael, and they were cast out of heaven. And now they torment mankind as a way of rebelling and lashing out against God. They know they cannot hurt God directly, so they try to hurt us because we are created in the image and according to the likeness of God. Because of his envy and his spite, the devil lashed out at God by seducing the first woman and man to disobey God and to fall into sin. And from that time until now, he continues to oppose the people of God, trying to drag as many of us to eternal perdition as possible. This is why the Holy Scripture teaches us about him. Nevertheless, through the envy of the devil came death into the world, and they that are of his side do find it. These words should sound familiar because we essentially summarize this passage in the prayer of reconciliation that we're going to pray right after we conclude this homily. We say, and death which entered into the world through the envy of the devil. The devil and his demons envied us. They envied us because they could not bear to see people so loved by God, people who so delight God with their faith and their Christian lives, so they continually make war against us. This is why the Holy Apostle Peter counsels us in his epistle, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, again, Satan, adversary, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And from this we learn a very important lesson, and that is that the devil and his demons are real. Satan is not a mythical creature. Satan is not a personification of evil that we human beings invent in. He is a real and supernatural being who is opposed to God and who continually seeks the destruction of mankind. And the reason why I mention this this morning is because it is certainly not fashionable these days to speak about the devil. In our post-Christian secular society, people oftentimes deny the existence of the devil, or even worse, they make cartoonish caricatures of him in movies, in television shows, in video games, and yes, even in children's Halloween costumes. The great 20th century Christian writer C.S. Lewis reminds us in his marvelous book, The Screwtape Letters, that the greatest victory of the devil was to convince the world he does not exist. 
And Al Pacino reminded us of the same concept in his movie, The Devil's Advocate. And you may wonder why would the devil want to do that? Why would he want to convince us that he does not exist? And the answer is simple. As long as we don't believe he exists, then we will not be sober and watchful in our spiritual lives. We'll fail to take the necessary steps to overcome him and his evil works. But today's gospel reading reminds us that Satan and his demons do exist as part of the invisible creation, and we have to be sober about this fact. Second, let us speak about our Lord's authority over the demons. Let us speak about our Lord's authority over the demons. Although our Lord Jesus Christ cast out demons in today's gospel reading, he is not the first to do so in the Holy Scripture. In First Kingdoms, which corresponds to First Samuel in the Western Bible, we learn that Saul, the king of Israel, was afflicted by an evil spirit. And the only thing that cast out the spirit from him was David playing beautiful music on his lyre. We read in First Kingdom 16, And it came to pass when the evil spirit was upon Saul that David took his harp and played with his hand, and Saul was refreshed, and it was well with him, and the evil spirit departed from him. And so we see David's music casting out evil spirits. Later on in the book of Tobit, we read about a demon by the name of Asmodeus who kills seven husbands of Tobias's future wife because the demon is said to be in love with her. And it was the holy archangel Raphael who provided Tobias with detailed instructions as to how to cast out this evil spirit Asmodeus. And so even in the Old Testament, we do find cases of demon possession and demons being cast out by the power of God. But in this morning's gospel, we see something wonderful. We see something a little bit different. We see our Lord Jesus Christ casting out demons by his own authority, by his own word. Such was our Lord's authority over the demons that he could cast them out of a person with a single word. Wherever our Lord was, the demons would literally scream in his presence. In Mark chapter 1 and Luke chapter 4, we read about one demon who possessed a man in the synagogue. When our Lord simply entered into the synagogue, this demon cried out and said, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And instantly the demon was cast out. And as I read this, I remember... An, uh, an interesting point in the gospel in that the first being to confess Jesus as the Son of God was not a man. 
It was not one of the disciples. It was not one of the faithful. The first being to confess Jesus as the Son of God was a demon in Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 5. Also in Mark chapter 5, in Matthew chapter 8, in Luke chapter 8, we hear about the demons who are living among the gatherings and how they literally beg our Savior to cast them out into a herd of swine because they could not stand to be in the mere presence of Christ. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Gospel teaches us that wherever our Lord Jesus Christ was, he was the cause of horror to the demons. They feared him, they obeyed him, unconditionally and they fled from his presence our lord exercised this great authority over them for the sake of our salvation in order to liberate us to free us from their temptations and from their chains our lord descended from heaven was incarnate and became man in great humility so that he might destroy the devil and all of his works St. John the Beloved teaches us in his epistle, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And this we know he accomplished through his life-giving work, which brings us to our third and our final meditation this morning. Let us conclude by speaking about how we can share in our Savior's victory over the devil. Our Lord did not simply overcome the devil and his demons by his power, but he also gave us his power and authority over the demons. In Matthew chapter 10, he commanded his disciples, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. In Mark chapter 3 and Luke chapter 9, we read that when he appointed the 12 disciples, he also gave them the authority to cast out demons. In Luke chapter 10, we read that he gave the same authority to the 70 apostles as well. So as Christians, we receive this authority to cast out and to reject the demons, and we receive it from the day we are baptized in the Holy Church. This is why in the prayer of thanksgiving that we pray at the beginning of every service, we say, for you have given us the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and upon all the power of the enemy. And this, this verse, of course, comes from Luke chapter 10. We are just summarizing it in the prayer of thanksgiving. But that verse is in the gospel in Luke chapter 10. Beloved of Christ, we must now be convinced that the devil and his demons are real. But more importantly, we must be convinced that our Lord has absolute authority over them and that he shares this authority with us. And the Holy Scripture teaches us how we can exercise this authority. First, as the Holy Apostle Peter reminds us, we have to be sober and be vigilant. And as the Holy Apostle Paul teaches us, we have to remember that we are not fighting against earthly powers, but we are fighting against principalities and powers of the invisible realm. We are fighting against supernatural beings. 
and so we of course cannot fight them or conquer them by our own power. And that leads us into the next thing that we have to do in order to conquer them, and that is we must pray. We must pray. Remember what our Lord said in Matthew chapter 26, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. How do we pray in such a way to resist the devil and the demons and their temptations? It's very simple. I'll give you one simple thing that you can do. When you're walking about in your day-to-day -day life, maybe a tempting thought will enter into your mind. It is very simple what you should do at this time. Make the sign of the cross on your forehead and pray the Jesus prayer. My Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Why is this effective? Why is this prayer effective? Because as you saw earlier, the demons could not stand to be in the presence of Christ. And when we pray the Jesus prayer, and when we make the sign of the cross, we place ourselves in the presence of Christ, and the demons cannot stand that. So when you're being tempted to lie, to cheat, to have a lustful thought, or anything of the sort, make the sign of the cross over your forehead and pray the Jesus prayer. If the thought comes back, do it again. If the thought comes back, do it a third time. Do it up to 100 times, and I promise you, with the power of God, the temptation will not bother you any longer. We have to pray to resist temptation. And thirdly, we must trust in God to deliver us from any temptation. We remember what the Holy Apostle Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you will be able to bear it. So yes, we do struggle with a lot of temptations in this world, but every temptation God allows. And every temptation God gives us a way out of it. God gives us a way to overcome the temptation through his power. But in order to have that power, we have to unite ourselves with him. We remember the words of a modern Orthodox elder in conclusion. He tells us, The evil one will never cease shooting at us with his flaming arrows and trying to overcome and dominate us. So he's telling us, the temptations are never going to stop. As long as we are alive, we are going to be tempted. As long as we live, the devil and his demons are going to try to drag us down with them. But he goes on and he tells us, but we also have many deadly weapons. In particular, the prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, literally burns the demons. This is why the demons try to fight us in an indirect manner. But Christ enlightens us with his holy commandments in order to fight them. So today, dear brothers and sisters, let us remember that yes, the devil and his demons exist, but more importantly, Christ has absolute authority over them, and he gave us this authority. Don't ever say, when you fall, the devil made me do this. The devil can make you do nothing. He does not have that power. 
The only time we fall is when we accept the temptation of the devil. But the good news is that Christ gives us authority and many weapons in order to resist temptation. As I mentioned, the Jesus prayer, making the sign of the cross, our other prayers, receiving Holy Communion, confessing our sins, etc., etc. We have many weapons. So before we fall any, into any temptation, let us exercise this authority that God has given us, that we may live a pure, a holy, and a righteous life, and we may be the terror to the demons, just as our Lord was a terror to them. To our God be all glory, to the All-Holy Father, to the All-Holy Son, and to the All-Holy Spirit, now and forever, and unto the age of all ages. Amen.